Krishna Krishna Oma Gyan Timaranda Syagiranda Sadakya Shakshur Militam Yenatas Mahishi Yes, so, um, yeah. Today I want to read from the Srimad Bhagavatam, the third canto, chapter 25, The Glories of Devotional Service, text 22. Mai Anandena Bhavena Bhaktin Kurvanti Yedridam Matkritte Chakta Karmanas Chakta Svajana Bandava. Translation Such a sadhu engages in staunch devotional service to the Lord without deviation. For the sake of the Lord, he renounces all other connections, such as family relations and friendly acquaintances with the world. A person in the renounced order of life, a sannyasi, is also called a sadhu because he renounces everything, his home, his comfort, his friends, his relatives, and his duties to friends and to family. He renounces everything for the sake of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. A sannyasi is generally in the renounced order of life, but his renunciation will be successful only when his energy is employed in the service of the Lord with great austerity. It is said here, therefore, Bhaktim Kurvanti Yedridam, a person who seriously engages in the service of the Lord and is in the renounced order of life is a sadhu. A sadhu is one who has given up all responsibility to society, family, and worldly humanitarianism simply for the service of the Lord. As soon as he takes his birth in the world, a person has so many responsibilities and obligation to the public, to the demigods, to the great sages, to the general living beings, to his parents, to the family forefathers, and to many others. When he lives, when he gives up all such obligations for the sake of the service of the Supreme Lord, he is not punished for such renunciation of obligation. But if for sense gratification a person renounces all such obligations, he is punished by the law of nature. Mm. So we're speaking here about a sadhu, a sadhu, a person who is thoroughly honest, who is thoroughly dedicated his life to uh, the absolute truth. A sadhu, uh, a saintly person, titiksava karunika, he is toler tolerant, he is... Um, merciful um, he is thinking for the about the welfare of others and in this way he is always engaged in uh, in, in somehow or other uh, uplifting the world mm -hmm. Krishna. Yeah, one moment. I can't remember the verse and just looking it up. 
Tyk Salam. Mm. I don't get it. Why not? Krishna. Okay, here it is. Titiksava karunika suridam sarvadeinam ajata satravasanta sadhava salubhusana. It is actually. The symptoms of a sadhu are that he is tolerant, merciful, and friendly to all living entities. He has no enemies, he is peaceful, he abides by the scripture, and all his characteristics are sublime. So, this is actually the, the previous verse from the one we are reading now. Yeah, it took me here. I went the long way around. But here we are. So this verse of, uh, of being a saintly person, uh, that uh, who is tolerant, who is merciful, friendly to all living entities, has no enemies and is peaceful. He abides by the scriptures and all his characteristics are supreme. So then in the verse that we're reading now, Srila Prabhupada is explaining, uh, a person who is in the renounced order of life, um, he's also called a sadhu, one who is just dedicating everything to Krishna's and gives up uh, working for the things in the world uh, and who gives up trying to um, to to settle himself in a comfortable situation such a person is a sadhu um, uh, dedicating himself to the work of the supreme personality of godhead to be like a via media of the desire of krishna that is his his business um, transparent to Krishna's will, no other interest than the interest of Krishna. Anikul Sankalpa Pratikul who accepts whatever is favorable to the Lord and who rejects whatever is, is not favorable to the Lord. Anikul Sankalpa Pratikul Raksishyati Vishwaso Kutritve Varanam Tata. Yes, he has no other interest uh, than the interest of the, of the Lord. Uh, he is only interested in whatever is important to Krishna. Uh, what else can bring us uh, can bring us success in this world? Mm. So that verse is from the uh, Hari Bhakti Vilas. Anikulyasya sankalpa pratikulyasya varjanam raksisya titi visvaso goptritve varanam tata 
आत्मनिक्षेप कर्पण ये सत्पिदासनागति accepting things that are favorable rejecting things that are unfavorable for devotional service um taking shelter alexisya titi with great faith and appreciating the to have no other interests than the interests of the lord gopritve varanam tata to have full faith krishna will somehow or other uh, protect us uh, and fully surrender one's entire soul to the supreme lord yeah this is what is needed mm. so we are uh, in this way um looking at uh, at becoming saintly persons uh, of course a saintly person is not only a sannyasi uh, sannyasis have the good fortune that uh, their ashram is is based on on one principle and the principle is this is that they take the step to preach krishna consciousness and that if they just dedicate all their energy to preaching krishna consciousness that surely there are uh, that they'll be taken care of they need not worry well, they live on the principle of goodwill on the principle of by giving transcendental knowledge and then for the rest they simply live of whatever people want to give in exchange so uh they're not basing their life on a salary on a payment there's no business transaction they're simply giving transcendental knowledge and uh, and yet you know every everyone needs to have some shelter um everyone needs shelter from from the weather everyone needs to eat everyone needs to dress everyone needs to somehow or other uh survive in this world so a sanyasi doesn't make any arrangements any separate arrangements for this he just allows these things to come um, to come on their own accord um of course shila prabhupad uh had created um many ashrams many temples so traditionally sanyasis may have created ashrams may have created temples and in this way they would have a place dedicated to spiritual teachings they could stay there and their followers could also stay there the purpose though of all this was not to create a place to stay um, but the purpose was to create a place where one could teach where one could teach the uh, yeah transcendental knowledge brahmachari gurukule vasant guru hitam the the brahmachari archavan dasyanicho the brahmachari would stay in the ashram of the spiritual master and he would be trained there 
sannyasi is meant to become a spiritual teacher. He's the, the teacher of all ashrams. He naturally acts as a spiritual master. Um, that is the uh, objective in this world. Um, that uh, to, to be a representative of the Supreme Lord means to become a teacher. Now, to be a teacher doesn't, uh, or guru, uh, yeah, we can look at, at what a guru should be and put the microscope on, on any person and see if we find any fault, uh, to see if he is up to the topmost level. And that is, uh, but that is not required. What is required is that we simply see that someone is a representative of Krishna's teachings and that there may be uh, maybe some different uh, uh, levels of, uh, of purity in a person. Yes, there may be. But uh, that is, is, uh, is another matter. Um, that is uh, to be seen. Mm. We still uh, see that uh, that any sadhu, any person who's dedicated to uh, to Krishna, is bringing life to us, is actually bringing us up. So, Bhakti Sandarbha uh, describes the uh, the different levels of sadhus. And say there is the the uh, murchita kasaya. The murchita kasaya is the one who has uh, one foot in the material world and one foot in the spiritual world. No, uh, what am I saying? I'm distracted. Sorry. He has two feet in the material world but his eyes on the spiritual world. And then the, uh, hmm. so we have the uh, Mochita Kasaya, um, he is, he is a sadhaka. Um, he is trying to become more purified. So the example given is Narada Muni in his first life when he was the son of the maidservant. And Narada Muni, he, uh, he was only a small boy when his mother was bitten by a, by a snake and, uh, and she died. Uh, and as a result, uh, as a result, the uh, Narada, at five years old, uh, five years of age, he left. You know, he left. And uh, as he left home, he followed the instructions that he had heard from the uh, Bhaktivedantas who had stayed with them during the rainy season. And as a result, he was uh, very... Um, yeah, he was very uh, 
deeply realized or had deep faith by this association. And he went and he went into the forest and he meditated. And in due course of time, he began to deeply meditate on the Lord. And one day he was seeing the Lord before him, actually not just in meditation, but really standing in front of him. And he was just overwhelmed by ecstasy. And then the Lord disappeared. And because he was very young, still uh, very emotional, so he became uh, upset and the Lord disappeared. Then the Lord returned and said, my dear Narada, this life, oh, this life you will not see any further, but if you faithfully continue your devotional practices, then at the end of your life you will see me. So it is explained that at this stage he was still a sadhaka. He, he, he still needed further purification. Yes. Although he was um, fully fixed on transcendence, that was the position of two feet in the material world and his eyes on the spiritual world. And as long as he had his eyes on the spiritual world, he was fully qualified. And Narada did keep his eyes on the spiritual world, and at the end of that life, uh, he attained a spiritual body. So this is the Murchita Kasaya. There's still uh, some influence of the uh, material energy. Mm. So the, the, next, uh, the next level is the uh, Nirduta Kasaya. The Nirduta Kasaya is Sukadev Goswami. One foot in the material world, one foot in the spiritual world. Now, if you look at Sukadev Goswami, I mean, he was in the material world, but he totally was disengaged with anything material. Absolutely no interest. He stayed within the womb of his mother. He finally came out. Um, first, he was a Brahmavadi, an impersonalist personality who stayed in the womb because he was thinking that here Maya has less chance than outside of the womb. So his focus was about avoiding Maya, uh, which is the main business of the impersonalist. But then his father read Srimad Bhagavatam to the child in the womb. And as a result, Sukadev appeared in the world because he realized that uh, his opportunity to render devotional service was also diminished in the womb, that he would be able to render more service outside of the womb. He, uh, he came out of the womb and then preached Srimad Bhagavatam, and that became his main focus. It is said that uh, then Sukadev went to the heavenly planets and spoke Srimad Bhagavatam uh, there, then came down, and only after he met Maharaj Pariksit, this is supposed to be from the Brahma Vaivarta Purana. Bhagavatam just describes that he left home and walked naked through the world and eventually appeared uh, before Maharaj Pariksit. Uh, so yes, that was uh, something uh, something very uh, different. Then we have the uh, so we had the Murchita Kasaya the Nirduta Kasaya. And the third category is the Bhagavad 
Deha Prabd, or the one who has attained his uh, transcendental spiritual body. Now, here we see Narada in his later appearance. Then Narada has a spiritual body. So that is something else. Right? That is, uh, is very rare, one who appears his spiritual body in this world. So, generally speaking, the spiritual master would be in the first two categories, right? the Murchita Kasaya or the Niyadukta Kasaya. Or the Murchita Kasaya may be in the, he's obviously in an advanced stage of devotional service. He, uh, he obviously has to uh, uh, exp be a greatly inspired Vaishnava. Mm. Um, in the, in the Madhuya Kadambini, we find some further descriptions about uh, different levels of advancement. And it says, first level is Sraddha, uh, initial faith in devotional service. Then we carry on to Sadhu Sangha, association with devotees, then Anartanivriti, uh, sorry, then Bhajana Kriya, the, the regulated process of devotional service, Anartha Nivriti, purifying the heart of Anartas. So these are, are, are really the activities, the preliminary activities. Um, then when more advancement is there, one can come to Nista, and the influence of, of the material energy decreases. Then it carries on from there in Ruchi, the material energy is still further de decreased and uh, at a great distance and minimized. In Ashakti, the, uh, the uh, material influence is virtually speaking on the horizon. In, uh, and then in, in Baba, it said, Material, the material influence is, is just a shadow. Um, and that is what uh, Vishwanath is saying. Uh, Rupa Goswami says at that point there is still a sense of suffering. One is completely fixed on Krishna, but there is still some sense of suffering. Whereas in Prem, there, everything is perfect. One sees everywhere Krishna's hands and there is just no more sense of suffering. All right, so different devotees may be advancing on different levels, different sadhus, but all are sadhus. Right? Anybody who is, uh, has made a commitment to Krishna consciousness is a sadhu. As soon as we say, okay, Krishna, I'm going to follow this, I'm going to live this, uh, then we deal with a saintly person. Um, all right, I just need a few minutes. Uh, I'm sorry for the interruption. Uh, I'll be back very soon.
We heard about the great sage, Agastya Muni, who uh, had been giving, given the hill Govardhan, and that he was planning to take the hill to his, uh, his ashram, but that on the way there was an urgent call of nature, which he could no longer avoid. He had been told that he could take Govardhan, but that Govardhan would stay wherever it was put down. So when the call of nature arrived, he just had to uh, pay attention to that, and he forgot, placed Govardhan down in Vraj, just as he was going over Vraj. In this way, Govardhan wound up in Vraj and not in the ashram of Augusta Muni. Uh, yes, we hear so many amazing things about the, uh, the sadhus and, uh, and how they played uh, a great role uh, in the history of the universe. Uh, nowadays, we don't have such powerful personalities anymore. Uh, who can carry uh, carry hills uh, in this age of Carly? That is no longer possible. So uh, the power, the individual power of of the great sages earlier in the universe is very, very great. Uh, they can uh, the mental sons of Lord Brahma and and so many other great sages or yogis who. Uh, you know, we, we hear, we read in Bhagavatam about Kardama Muni, and Kardama Muni can create uh, a huge flying mansion, you know, with gardens and everything. And that's the, how he travels, that's his plane. So we hear about uh, how in previous yugas, sages and saintly persons were extremely powerful. Now we don't have that power. But that is not important. Uh, Prabhupada was also speaking in one lecture about yogis who would fly. Uh, he, he, he was actually had arrived on the airport and he was explaining that previously yogis would fly uh, with, on carpets and it was actually possible. The magic carpets, or that they could fly with pigeons, and the journalists were uh, hearing all this, and they and they asked Prabhupada, then why had he come with American Airlines? And Prabhupada said, to be one with you. <laughs> and of course, one might think, well, anyone could have given that answer, but we can also. Uh, think of uh, of of how Bhavananda tells that once Srila Prabhupada told him that he was with Krishna in the spiritual world and that Krishna came and Krishna asked him to go to the material world and that Prabhupada in his spiritual Swarup said, oh, 
no, I don't really want to go. I, I don't like austerity. And Krishna had said, don't worry, don't worry. You just go and all you have to do is write books and I will do the rest. Anyway, so uh, definitely Prabhupada was not a person of this world. Uh, definitely we're taking that Prabhupada was a Nietzsche Siddha, a person who was always, uh, always on the transcendental platform. Um, so, uh, so we are simply trying to, uh, to serve. We're trying to serve such a great devotee. Mm. And we are, in that sense, uh, mm. but all of us are, are somehow or other sadhus. Um, we're a movement of sadhus, a movement of saintly persons, because we've made a commitment. Um, and even if it is a humble commitment, a humble commitment, taking first initiation, a humble commitment to follow four regulative principles, a humble commitment to chant 16 rounds. That commitment is, is a good beginning. Uh, that commitment is, uh, is yes, is, is, the, uh, is really, uh, going to grow. Um, there's a first initiation which is going to, uh, is dealing with four regulative principles, 16 rounds. It's pravitimcha, nivritimcha. Do these favorable things and here are the prohibitions. Yes. But then uh, there's a second initiation and a second initiation. One is supposed to develop saintly qualities. So here we begin. And one is, is meant to uh, meditate on pleasing Krishna. Um, the second initiation is very much about Visikena Visikesa Sevanam Bhakti Uchate. Uh, very much about pleasing the senses of Krishna. Uh, so no more Atmindriya, no more uh, satisfying one's own senses, now Krishnendriya. Um, so as in the purport, it is that the sadhu must become uh, Krishnendu. He must become absorbed, very much absorbed in uh, in, in satisfying, uh, yeah, satisfying Krishna's senses. Well, that's it. So we are working hard. Let us bring different offerings to Krishna. Uh, let us all day long, uh, all day long, uh, bring more offerings to Krishna. Whether we are cooking for Krishna, different foodstuffs, or whether we are singing for Krishna, whether we are bringing uh, people to Krishna, whether we are offering Krishna uh, nice buildings, whether we are distributing the books of Krishna and in this way spreading his Krishna Upadesh, his instructions everywhere, all these are offerings to Krishna.
So let us make more offerings to Krishna. Mm. And that is anukulyasya sankalpa, whatever is favorable for, for Krishna. And in making offerings to Krishna. I read somewhere one day in one of Satsarup Maharaj's books, I can't remember in which one because he, Maharaj wrote so many, but Maharaj describes how this world is, how, how a devotee goes through this world like a pujari. And he just takes things and just offers them to Krishna. And this is our business, just taking things and offering them to Krishna. Yes, whatever it is, uh, offer to Krishna, not to ourselves. No, we're just, mm, there is a very nice plate, very nice cheese sabji, very nice samosa, very nice uh, puri, very nice sweet rice, very nice chutney, very nice preparations, all for Krishna. Uh, not that the pujari is taking it for himself. Later he may take the Mahaprasadam, but he will also distribute it. Uh, he will not just uh, keep that uh, for himself. This is my Mahaprasadam. No. Rather, oh, distribute that Mahaprasadam. Yes. So, very nice. Very nice. Whatever it is, uh, we offer it to Krishna, the pujari. So we can think of ourselves as a pujari, and that is nice. That is a sadhu, a saintly person. So everyone is, is in this movement is renounced because everyone has renounced sense gratification. Yes, and everyone has accepted pleasing the senses of Krishna. The sannyas ashram has certain advantages, is that we can uh, make ourselves free. Well, we can make ourselves free and just uh, to full time put all our energy in the glorification of Krishna. And then uh, whatever may come. And we see Madhavinda Puri. Uh, Madhavinda Puri was seated at the site of Govardhan. And uh, Madhavinda Puri, he was simply fasting um, because Madhavinda Puri, he didn't want to spend any time, didn't want to spend any time on taking care of his livelihood, not even to go around begging and so on. So Madhavinda Puri is thinking, no, if, if something will come on its own accord, then I will take it. Otherwise, I'll just chant Hare Krishna. And in this way, Madhavinda Puri was performing this vow of Ajagara Vritti. Ajagara Vritti is the vow of the python. The python is not hunting. The python is waiting for anything to come on its own accord. Mm. So he just lies on the path. And if something comes, then he'll eat. If nothing comes, he will not eat. So Madhavanapuri had taken that approach by completely minimizing um, the needs of, of the body. So that is very, uh, yeah, very wonderful um, to see such absorption in Krishna. So Madhavan Puri was, of course, uh, 
a most extraordinary devotee. Um, we're hearing how when Madhavinda Puri and from Chaitanya Bhagavat and Lord Nichananda met each other, they had roamed this world and they had not found, they had not found anyone who had the same depth in love of God as they had. They never met each other. And so far, uh, they had seen people who were very religious, people who were very advanced, people who were very dedicated, but they had not seen people who had that same level of love of God as they had until they met each other. And then it was the most ecstatic meeting. They embraced, they rolled over the ground, they roared. It was just ecstasy all the way. Mm. So yes, uh, Madhavindapuri is extraordinary. But we all make our commitment in this movement. Uh, and as we're going through initiations, our commitment increases. As we take responsibility in service, our commitment increases. So the commitment must be kept. Um, the commitment is, is, is very important to us. Um, that commitment Yes, is, is our treasure. Um, oh, yes, our promise, our promise to Krishna. Oh, Krishna, I will, yes, I will chant. Oh, that is our treasure. Oh, Krishna, I will promise to follow these principles. That is my treasure. Oh, Krishna, I will take responsibility for, my, for this service. That is my treasure. Oh, Krishna. I will read, I will read the Srimad Bhagavatam. That is my treasure in this way. Uh, oh yes, a Vaishnava is certainly collecting wealth. A sadhu certainly is collecting wealth. Um, he goes into the mines of the scripture and he's collecting jewels. Uh, precious, precious, um, precious stones. And yes, maybe, uh, um, maybe that would be the name of this book, um, Jewels of the Minds of the Scriptures, which is uh, referred to in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Um, I'll just quickly uh, dig that one up. Uh -huh. Jewels, mine, scripture. No, jewels. Okay, Krishna. Why am I not finding this? Okay, um, give it one more shot now. Um, just bear with me and uh, I want to find it. Chaitanya Charitam Rita Adilila.
Okay, here it is. That was C. So, Sri Chaitanya Prabhum Vande Yada Padasraya Viryata Sang Grinati Akara Vratat Akyasidanta Sanmanin. I offer my respectful obeisance by the potency of the shelter of his lotus feet. Even a fool can collect the valuable jewels of conclusive truth from the minds of the revealed scripture. Mm. Yes, so a fool collected jewels of conclusive truth from the minds of the revealed scripture. Mm. Yeah, akara vrattat, from the multitude of minds in the form of the scripture. Agya siddhanta satmanin. Mm, the siddhanta. So this siddhanta, this siddhanta, the end of all perfection, siddhanta. Yes, this siddhanta. These are the jewels, the, the jewels of conclusive truth. This Siddhanta is what we, uh, what we are holding in the high esteem, the absolute truth. Siddhomani, uh, these are the jewels that we carry on our head, in our heart. Um, in this talk, we are uh, at the moment dedicating ourselves in daily discussing various verses um, and verses are very valuable um, Chanakya Pandit is explaining to us that we can uh, every day learn one verse or we can learn half a verse or we can learn one line of a verse or at least one word of a verse so Chanakya Pandit is strongly recommending us to learn to keep on studying scripture and to learn more and more verses by heart. Um, these verses that we learn by heart, they become our shelter. We can, they are with us. We can turn to them. Um, and uh, we're seeing that Lord Chaitanya knew many, many verses by heart and would, um, and would recite them in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. We, we see like that. So all of us... Um, also, when we can learn some of these verses by heart, that will be a great asset to us. If we cannot, at least we can, uh, we can sort of learn the essence uh, of these scriptures. But yes, when, when we think of some of the verses we have memorized immediately, uh, they will give us shelter. Like, for example, I'll think of, Bhagavad Gita now, and I think of Yat Karusi, Yat Asnasi, Juhusi, Yat Tapasyasi Kuntiya Tattva Kurushamat Arpanam. So, whatever we do, um, whatever austerity we perform, we, whatever we, we eat, whatever. Uh, whatever we give away, all these things uh, must be done 
as an offering to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Yes. So it is the same, like I spoke earlier on, being like the Pujari who offers everything to Krishna. Right? So every moment of our day, we offer to Krishna. And little by little, um, life is repetitious. Um, and every day, every day, the same activities we perform. Also new things, but so much routine is there every day. Same thing. So we can take advantage of this routine and just readjust the routine in such a way that it's all thoroughly connected with Krishna. So that would be really, uh, it's a really interesting way to make our life more Krishna consciousness. Just look at our routine and whatever routine we have, the things that come back every day, and now fine-tune that, adjust it a little bit, turn it a bit so that it becomes favorable for Krishna. And in this way, uh, we can carry on with the same habits, just a little adjustment here and there, and uh, everything has become connected with Krishna. And all these habits are now working in our favor. Uh, this is the, uh, yeah, this is our good fortune. Mm. So, in this way, um, we are, uh, yeah, we are somehow or other, uh, somehow or other, refining, refining our offerings to Krishna. That is the sadhu's business. We're getting more knowledge. Uh, whatever you eat, offer that to Krishna. All right, so let's make that commitment. Only Krishna Prasad. Uh, anything we eat, at least offer it. Right? And it must be offerable, and then we offer it. Yes. Don't eat. Not to eat unoffered things. Hmm. Simple things. So a sadhu, therefore, can be recognized by the way he eats, the way he sits, the way... The way he sleeps, the way he talks, the way he walks, all these things are uh, are becoming part of the uh, yeah of being a sadhu. Mm. So we're all sadhus and sadvis. Uh, a lady would be called sadvi, uh, sadvi, yeah, uh, S A D H. A sadvi, a dhvi, sadvi. So, yes, saintly personalities. So, let us be, uh, be this. Yes. And we already are by just making the commitment to start following the four regulative principles and chanting 16 rounds. That is the beginning. But let our commitment, yes grow. Let us take responsibility for Krishna. Let us uh, refine our life uh, by just connecting all our habits with Krishna. Some things have to go, obviously. Yes. How nice. Uh, so it makes Krishna consciousness very practical, very realistic. Not at all 
not at all ethereal and complicated. And now we just have to find out what is the proper way to eat, the proper way to speak. When Srila Prabhupada would take prasada, um, he would speak about honoring prasada. And Prabhupada would like to uh, eat very quietly and really focused and, and relish um, this Krishna prasadam and, uh, and appreciate um, here is Krishna in this form. So that is also very, very nice. Um, honoring prasadam, uh, not just as they say in Australia, woofing it down, you know. Uh, just gulping and, and swallowing uh, the uh, yes but to eat very consciously while we're taking prasadam so okay we take only prasadam and then there is something uh, about prasadam uh, and then uh, Yes, Mahaprasada Govinda, Nama Brahmani, Vaishnava, Swalpa Punyavatandrasan, Pistasunaiva Jayate. To accept this Mahaprasada with great faith. Uh, with great faith. And of course, we have that example how in the, uh, in the days of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, in the Chaitanya Mat in Mayapur, they made a big hill for Govardhan Puja. Uh, which is basically made of rice and then so many other things were added to it. And somehow or other, there was a dog that put, that took a bite of that rice. So the devotees were getting very upset. And they came to see the Bhakti Siddhanta. And they said, a dog, a dog, a dog, a dog just stuck, stuck its nose in the hill and just, just, took a bite. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And Srila Bhakti Siddhartha said, no, no, really, a dog. Yes, a dog. He said, no, a dog. A dog put its nose. Yes, a dog put its nose. A dog put its nose in Govardhan Hill. Yes, a dog put its nose in Govardhan Hill. No, yes, and no. He just, and he said, and then Srila Bhakti Siddhanta went to the hill and said, where? Where? And the devotees just pointed at the place and said, there. And Srila Bhakti Siddhanta just put his hand in there, took some of that rice and put it in his mouth. <laughs> and left the devotees there to stand totally, totally silenced and and just appreciating his, his deep transcendental faith in Prasadam. Mahaprasada Govinde, Nama Brahmani Vaishnavi, Svalpapunyan To have such great deep faith, well, faith in Krishna Prasadam. Yes. So, 
in this, the minds of the scripture are helping us to develop this faith. Uh, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, I uh, just said that Krishna actually tastes everything when an offering is made and then puts it back on the plate. Mm. And that one can actually uh, taste the saliva of Krishna. Okay, now that gets a little transcendental. But the saliva of Krishna is, is not the saliva of an ordinary person. That is completely pure and transcendental. Mm. Yes, of course, this is, this is confidential knowledge. Uh, not that we, uh, on the first Sunday feast, tell, yes, this is offered to Krishna. Actually, is you know, Krishna eats everything and then puts it back on the plate, and his saliva is in there. And then people look at his saliva. Uh, no, uh, not in that way. Um, but it is for it is confidential knowledge for those who appreciate the transcendental glory of Krishna. Mm. So in this way, we dig in these minds of the scriptures and we're looking at um, what wonderful siddhantamani, uh, what wonderful siddhantamani, jewels of conclusive truth we can collect there. Mm. Yes. So... Um, yeah, we are um, um, just reading uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, which is the Amala Purana. So it is the spotless Purana. So each verse is completely uh, transcendental. All these descriptions are transcendental are fully appreciative of Krishna and of his qualities of the of Krishna directly of the tadiya of all those things uh, that are related to Krishna and we just focus on that uh, by reading Srimad Bhagavatam so in all these siddhantamani in all these jewels uh, of Conclusive truth from the minds of the revealed scripture. In all these Siddhantamani, we are uh, taking great pleasure and inspiration. And so they, these verses work in an empowering way. Uh, they empower us. Um, they actually, we are like iron, which is cold and which is placed in fire and then will start to burn. So just by hearing all these verses of Bhagavatam or from any other Bhakti Shastra, uh, our iron, iron, our cold iron becomes heated and starts to act like fire. Our cold hearts are becoming touched by praying and gradually become flooded by praying. And in this way, we become 
transformed. So this book uh, or these lectures uh, are, is, is about transformation. Uh, it's how we transform ourselves uh, and how we actually become sadhus. That is our meditation of today how to transform ourselves into, into sadhus, into devotees, by increasing our commitment to please the senses of Krishna. Krishnandu, uh, Krishnandu, to be the one who uh, is just pleasing the senses of Krishna. Ah. All these jewels, all these jewels are just available um, in, in the books of Srila Prabhupada. Let us go there and let us dig, let us dig in these minds of the scriptures. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada. Kijan.